The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, you're in for an informational and motivational experience on the Million Dollar Mindset today. Hello, everyone. I'm Marla Tabaka, and I'd like to begin this show by taking you to that place, that place where you go when you're about to make a purchase, whether it's for a new product or a new service. There's a place we go. There's a mindset that we take on when we're about to buy something, when we're about to invest in ourselves or in our home. Home or or even in a book, whatever it is, there's this place that we go, this strategy that we subconsciously engage, taking us into that space. So think about the key attraction points that you look for when you're shopping for that new product or service. For me, it's things like credibility and quality and experience and, and some sort of a connection. I want to feel a connection. And I I can't really tell you what that is, but when I feel it, I know it. There's a, a certainty that downloads for me when I say, okay, this is it. This is the one. And one thing I know for sure is that whoever is behind the company has to be an expert in whatever it is that I'm looking for. I'm not going to buy widgets from somebody who just started making widgets or who doesn't have a history in widget manufacturing, right? I'm going to go and look for the company that's been around for a while where I can can really feel confidence in their level of expertise. Uh, one example would be one that I share with my clients all the time when uh, we talk about the importance of an accountant. I tell my clients not to hire just any old accountant, but to look for a small business specialist and to ask questions about how they interact throughout the year. Ask a lot of questions because you have to know that he or she is an expert and can serve your needs beyond filing taxes. It's not just about filing taxes. You are are looking for an expert. And as a business owner, that's the image I want you to exude, not only in face-to-face meetings, but online and in all of your marketing materials. And you know what? Sadly, most entrepreneurs are missing the one tool that will best position them as an expert. And today, you're going to learn what that tool is. Joining us here on the Million Dollar Mindset today is Cliff Suttle, CEO, that's Chief Excitement Officer at ExciteYourAudience.com, a company driven to help businesses create compelling communication and leadership. 
Cliff is an award-winning speaker with over 80 titles to his record. He has worked with many Fortune 500 companies, including General Motors, Ford Motor, IBM, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Kodak, Xerox, Rockwell International, MetLife, and many more. You get the picture. Cliff is a returning guest to the Million Dollar Mindset, so I can promise you that this show is going to be a lot of fun and contain a lot of great information. So I would very much like to welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, Cliff Subtle. Hi, Marla. How are you doing today? I am doing really well today. Cliff, thanks for coming back on the show. I'm really excited to have you here. Well, I'm always excited to be part of the show. No question about that. Especially with such so, a great host as you, you know? Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. It's because it's so much fun. I just love speaking to my guests and sharing fabulous information. So thank you. So, so Cliff, uh, you and I worked together on an article for Inc., which just went live this morning over at Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco. It's a long URL, but... Um, and, and we had some fun things to say in there, and I'd like to cover, you know, obviously the topic of today's show is becoming an expert in five weeks' time. So tell us, how can we do that? What do we need to become an expert in five weeks' time? Well, the interesting thing about being an expert is most people who are in business already are. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between being an expert and being, the, being able to prove you're an expert. It's sort of like those poor people who are looking for jobs in a tough job market. You know, they have the experience, but they can't prove it on paper, so they never get the interview. Well, this is the same thing for business owners. It's like, you know, they've been in business. They've been doing it all this time. They know how it works. They probably know way more than they even think they know. But can you convince someone else of that? And you don't do it by just putting out an ad slick that says, wow, I'm wonderful. Because no one believes the advertisements that you write for yourself. Right. So you need something else. And the something else that I found works really good is write a book. Mm-hmm. Is be the author of a book on your subject, and then suddenly it, it's like a miracle. It's like a magic wand. You write, you publish the book, you start putting that book in people's hands, and you are the expert. Wow. It's like overnight you become the expert. And everybody wants, like you were saying, everybody wants to work with the expert. Who doesn't? Mm -hmm. I know I do. And Mm -hmm. what better way than to say, well, I'm a published author on the subject. In your introduction, you were talking about accountants. You know, how about just a book on accounting for small businesses? Right. Or a book on how, you know, how to handle your accounting if you're starting up a business. You have a book like that, and suddenly everyone kind of goes, oh, this person must really know what they're talking about. Right. And I it love def- it. And I know my second book really did that. My first book was really on motivation. So a lot of people they all claim they're experts on motivation. But my second book was on networking. And we've done a show on it, the anti-elevator speech. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I, I love that doing that interview with you. By the way, that was so much fun. Still on my website. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Any anything was. to uh, to spark up those uh, elevator speeches because they can be very right. ho hum, right? Right, right. And so you know, one day I kind of realized 
Now, I never spoke on this. I'm a professional speaker. I'm a trainer. I never trained on this. I never spoke on this. And then one day I woke up and realized I was an expert at it, mm-hmm. that I had something to share that people didn't know. And because the majority of people I told about how I do what I do, they didn't know. So I knew something they didn't. And when that popped in my head, I said, you know, I, I have to read this book. The book came out, and the year the book came out, I did twice as many speeches about the book as all my other topics combined. Wow. Because wow. I was an instant, I was an instant expert on that topic, despite the fact that at that time I had not done a speech on that topic. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, and is it, that, it, I'd, I'd like to go into that area a little bit here and touch on a few things, Cliff. Is that because when you called these meeting organizers and, and such, you were, no, you were already a published author. So tell us why. Right. I'm, I'm trying to guess why that happened. So fill us in. <laughs> I'm not well, even going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, it's, it's almost kind of hard to put a finger on why it happens. But, you know, as soon as you, and I don't talk, I'm talking about a book. I'm not talking about an ebook. Right. Ebooks do not have the same effect. No. Ebooks no are great for disseminating information. But when you can come along and instead of putting a business card in somebody's hands, which, by the way, the average, according to a study, the average business card only stays in someone's hands an hour and 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's in then it's in the trash. Yeah. Right. The average book stays on someone's shelf for two years. Yeah, no one can throw away a book. I mean, it's right, sinful, right? It's got value, right? Right, yeah. right. It's sacrilege to throw the book away. We can't do it. It's no. terrible. And then it and, and then it gets passed on to someone else. Unlike the business card that gets dumped yeah. in the trash, it's not like we're throwing away books. We're reselling them or giving them to a friend. Right. Right. Funny part is, I'll actually have you know people call me who you know bought you know bought the book, and they'll go, you know, would you mind if I I just give this book to my friend? No. Read <laughs> <laughs> I mind. You want three more? <laughs> yeah. Keep sending. Keep passing it around. That's great. And, you know, and that's the real beauty of the book is is the advertising power of the book. Now, you've got to have some decent information in the book, and it's got to be well-written and put together. We can talk about that a little down the road here. But just being able to take that book and stick it into, a, into the hands of a business owner, you just instantly get credibility. And, and rightfully so, to be honest with you, because I know when I wrote that book, in the process of writing it, I studied and really refined my process. Mm-hmm. And really honed it down to a fine edge so I could explain it to someone else. There's a famous old saying that you don't truly know something until you teach it to somebody else. Yeah, that's so true. And if you weren't exactly an expert when you began writing that book, you will be an expert by the time you're done writing the book. And Cliff, we're going to go into a break in just about a minute. Already? Wow. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I know, right? It goes so fast. And and when we come back, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about what stops people. I mean, if it's that important, and it is, um, why aren't more people publishing, especially people who aren't necessarily in that arena already, like, like speak? 
gurus and coaches and such, but people like the accountants and um, and the plumbers and the painters and such. Why why aren't they out publishing books? Because uh, they should probably be doing that as well. So I. Oh. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that when I come back and when we come back from this break. And I just want to remind everybody to head on over to ink.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco and look for the article with Cliff. Want to write a book for tips for doing it right. And we will be back right after this break. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A, your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with Cliff Suttle, a published author, international freelance writer, and chief excitement officer over at ExciteYourAudience.com. And today we're talking about a fabulous yet really, really underused marketing tool, and that is the book that lies within you. So our mission today is to help you pry that book out and get it into the hands of all those people who can be your customers. 
And going into break, Cliff, we were talking about, you know, why aren't more people doing it? Why does that book get stuck inside? And, and what stops people from writing the books? Tell us about that. Well, there's one big word, I think, that stops everybody from doing it, and that word is fear. Uh-huh. <laughs> of all sorts of things, not just the sitting in the writing, but a lot of things, right? Oh, yeah. Well, there's – it just – when you first start, you've not done it. It just looks like an overwhelming task. Mm-hmm. It, it's there's just so many details and you got to write the book and you got to come up with the idea for the book and the title and the cover and the publishing and it, and it just seems so overwhelming that you know most people they think about it i would say probably half the people i talk to either they find out i'm an author and they go oh i have an idea for a book and i know they're never going to write it yeah <laughs> i have this idea how long have you had that idea <laughs> Right. So the point is, the thing that's stopping people is themselves. They just get so bound up by the fear of the whole thing being such a big job. Now, that book we were talking about earlier, that book went from, and this is the reason the title for our article, that book went from idea to production in five weeks. Amazing. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> you well, you had a ghostwriter. Come on, fess up. No, I did not. Although that's the thing. A lot of people. That's the first thing that stops people is is I can't write. I'm a terrible mm-hmm. writer. I, my my English t- teacher told me, you know, in uh, you know, in, in high school, and I shouldn't even write greeting cards or uh-huh. <laughs> whatever. And they get this this idea that they can't write. And yeah. for some people, you know, it might be true that they really can't write, but they can probably write well enough to get their ideas down. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a ghostwriter is someone who can take those ideas and then, act, you know, they actually understand how the grammar works and everything else, yeah. and yeah. they can help and it's, you. And it's not cheating. I think a lot of people look at ghostwriting as cheating, and it's really not. I have, I have a few friends who have published via ghostwriter, and, you know, it's just you're still telling your story. You're still... Right doing whatever you want to do in that book, but you're allowing someone to take care of the technical issues, the punctuation and the grammar and the sentence structure. And uh, it's okay to do that. Right. Yeah. That's sort of, if you built a custom home and, you know, you decide everything that's supposed to go into the home and all the colors and everything else, but you had a construction crew build it for you. Yep. Is it not your house? Yeah, exactly. So a ghostwriter is is certainly an option. And, you know, from what I understand, it doesn't have to cost $20,000 to hire a ghostwriter either. No, no. There are some ghostwriters that we you know, we work with a couple. And we I, I actually do all my own writing. But, you know, as far as when we're working with other people to try to help them get mm-hmm. their book out, you know, we'll work with ghostwriters to help them. Because some people, you know, they just don't have that and some people actually write well enough that all they really need is an editor mm-hmm. they right. just need someone to you know to come in and help them clean it up they don't really need to have them help rewrite it that's another level and mm-hmm. i would actually recommend that everyone you know get an editor 
Uh, or, or at least, you know, ask your sister or your mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, a good editor can just, just with some simple changes, really make or break a book. And shout out right. to my editor over at Inc.com, Christine. She's wonderful, fabulous. I love her because she can just make a few tweaks to an article and it reads like magic. It's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and those are, you, know, you can find editors like that almost everywhere. Now, here's the pitfall, and I think the reason why, you know, people get really worried is there's just so many details. Okay, you need an editor, where do you find one? Well, there's tons of them on Elance. Half of them probably aren't any good. Right. So, you know, if you, if you do something like Elance and you're in, it's not a personal referral from someone you know, yeah, you got to make sure you you do your due diligence. You get some referrals from this person. You read work they've done before, and then when you're when you feel confident, then you can start using them. Yeah, uh, you know, and but some people they just don't do that. There's just so many little tweaks, and it's kind of a weird industry as a whole. Uh, you know, because there's two ways to publish a book. You can do it through a major publisher which is a whole other path, or yeah. you can self-publish. And the self-published uh, stigma has sort of faded over the last years. It's, 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 at this point, it's something like 90% of all books are self-published these days. And people don't look at the, you know, like, oh, self-published, it's no big deal. Most books are self-published, even by major, major authors are self-publishing their own books now. So, really, you know, it, really, that's yeah. that's interesting because I I have to push back a little bit on that. A lot of times, you know, I receive books every day from publicists who want me to interview their their clients, their authors, and um, you know, I. Ooh, I'm one of those people, I'm going to make a true confession here, who looks to see where the book was published. And for me, that carries a little bit of clout. I don't know where that comes from, but um, the self-publishing well, just doesn't get my attention as quickly. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the way it's been for a long time. But, you know, one of the things that people have to realize just about publishers is the main thing a publisher is worried about is sales. Right. The way, the way you get a major publisher is you don't send them your book, you send them your marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. you know, the major that's publishers are interested. Yeah. How many am I going to sell? It's almost to the point they don't really care what the book's about. Yeah, know? I know, I know. And that's been my experience. I've been approached by, um, let's see, I don't think I'll name the publishing house, but it's one of the leading publishing houses for business books, if not the oh. leading. And um, I've been approached by them a number of times because I have an awesome platform, right? My show, Inc., right. you know, visibility online, what have you. Um, but you're right, all they care about are seem to care about is that platform and then they want to offset their costs by asking the author to buy enough books to basically cover whatever they are putting put out in print costs and editors and such right right yeah. and so. you know and so that's the thing is is, is that really any better right. than someone who just has an absolute passion for their information and wants to put it in book form Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, I don't see it. Now, granted, there are really bad self-published books. But, mm-hmm. to be honest, there's really bad books from major <laughs> publishers. 
<laughs> yeah, some of these titles that get past those publishers, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so a, bad, a bad book can come from anywhere. You uh, know? Yeah, no, that and is a, so true, and I'll, I'll have yeah, to get over my book. snobbery. <laughs> <laughs> and a good book can come from anywhere as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, so but I I have seen in in years that you know the self published thing is you know, it's first of all it's much easier to do. It's very difficult to get a major publisher to you know sign in. You really you need what you have. You really need that big sales platform and visibility and everything else. That's what they're really interested in. They're not so much interested in the great information you have to share. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, but like in the self publishing world, you know, people go well. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and there are. And you have to be real careful, uh, you know, for so because there's a lot of self-publishing, and this is a big, big red flag here. Uh, if you're listening and you want a big tip, or the one of the big pitfalls is redefine print of the contract with your publisher, because some of these companies, all they basically do is print your book. That's it. They print your book, but if you redefine print. They now own the rights to the title of your book. Mm-hmm. One of them I saw was so bad that now because I'm very good with with contracts, I've been reading contracts for 20 years. I, I know what to look for, and basically their contract said that if they wanted to, they could get a different author to write the sequel to your book, oh. and they don't owe you anything. No way. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, that's I, terrible. Now, yeah, I sure yeah. don't feel like the expert after that experience if you were to allow that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Well, Not good. So read that fine. And, and, you know, and, and some of them are to the point of where you can't actually, if you wanted to, you can't actually get the book printed from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, they printed your book and now they they have the exclusive rights to print your book anywhere in the world. Oh wow! Or, or if you write a sequel, they have right of first refusal on on the printing of your sequel. You know, and you know, they're very deceptive little contracts. You know, one of the companies uh, I've worked with for years, uh, they're I think down in Tennessee, but they're called InstantPublisher.com. And whether you know, if you people out there like that or don't, you know, want to work with them or don't work with them, I find sure. them very easy to work with. But the interesting thing about them is right up front, they don't own your book. Right. You own That's your book. They, they are, at most, if you have them do the uh, ISBN number, they are your publisher of record. But you can put your own ISBN number, and then they have no attachment to the book whatsoever. Hmm. And that is, you know, there's the kind of people you want to have published for you. Yeah, and, and just looking, in the very the very term self published, you know, I don't think a lot of people would even think to look for that fine print because it wouldn't even. I mean, it's not even fathomable to me that you know you're self publishing and the people who print your book would own the rights. That's just unreal. So that's a really important. Oh, uh, yeah, it's funny how you know nobody ever reads these things. Right. But I remember I bought a, a piece of software once, and it was a, a collection of clip art. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen those. It was just, you know, CDs full of clip art. Sure. And so I, I bought this thing, and I got it home. And I'm one of these people, I, I read the contract. <laughs> and so I'm reading this contract, and it basically says that if you use any of this art on anything, they own it. 
Oh, my goodness. And so here you put out the money. We're going into break, by the way, but that's just unreal. And now we're getting a lesson in contracts, which I love because that's important. too. So we'll be back, folks, right after these messages. Okay. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with Cliff Suttle of ExciteYourAudience.com. And we're talking about how to publish a book so that you too can be seen and known as the expert. And certainly the process of writing that book will uh, definitely confirm the fact that you are or have become an expert. Cliff, I have one more question around the whole what stops people from writing a book. Because I know that it's what I always struggle with when um, I'm writing a number of things. And and, and then that is like, okay, so I've got this idea, but, but what, what's marketable? Like I know about this and I know about that, and I, but what's the novel twist that will make this truly marketable and stand out from the rest? Are there people, are there experts that you can go to to help kind of uh, spell out those different options and, and kind of create and brainstorm so that you can get this idea out of you? 
Well, there are branding experts, and I think that's kind of where you're headed there in that. You know, people that are, they basically just help you brand. And mm-hmm. But I, the thing is, for the type of what we're thinking of here, where you're just trying to become an expert, mm-hmm. remember, you know, what is the goal of publishing your book? You need to put that in your mind to begin with. I mean, if your goal is to sell, you know, 100,000 books, well, it better be a pretty darn marketable idea. <laughs> right, right. 100,000 books is a tough thing to do. It's a, t- it's a tough number to sell. Yeah. And if you, especially if you sell 100,000 and you're self-published, you have you skyrocketed yourself in, in record, the start yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, far that's, self-published and that's, books go. Yeah, and that's usually not the point, to sell a lot of books, right? No, the, the point is to become an expert at it. And, you know, so once you're, once you are an expert at it, how you market it, uh, you know, is becomes, you you write the book, actually writing the book, this is the part that will scare a lot of people. Writing books is the easy part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) That's, that's the simple part. Uh, Now comes the scary part, marketing this book. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. How do you get it into people's hands? And, you know, there's a, a number of really good ways to do it. One of the things that has been very popular you know, in the last, oh, I would say, three, four years has been the uh, book campaign. And there's, you know, a number of people, you know, one of the people I can think of is uh, um, Teresa DuGroba over at wildfirews.com, who actually will help you set up a book campaign. And the book campaign can actually get you on, you know, the Amazon bestseller list, and then you can claim you're a best-selling author, uh, you know, and you can sell quite a few books right away, and and get that momentum going. So, Cliff, right uh, repeat with. Teresa's website for us, will you? Oh, okay. It's wildfirews.com. W S is not sure what the W S stands for, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's worked with a number of different authors to create you know, a whole bunch of uh, you know, best-selling campaigns, and basically, mm-hmm. that is a kind of a grassroots uh, fan-out uh, social media email you know, idea where it gets in the hands of a lot of people real fast. Uh, usually, you're giving you have other authors giving away like eBooks or something for free if they buy your book. Right. And it's a good way to kind of get a lot of you know, going real quick. Mm-hmm. You and you do have to have a pretty good network in order to do that. Yeah, or you need to tap into someone else's. Oh, you, yeah. Which I think is, you know, the kind of thing that Teresa helps you do. You, you, you know, you start tapping into her network. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you, you kind of, that's one way to do it. Uh, you know, another way, which a lot of people, you know, uh, kind of look aside from, which I'm a big fan of, since we actually have a project called Speaking for Authors, is to be a speaker on your book. And a lot of times people write the book because that's what they want to do. That's their ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. They want to get out there because they got the passion for this and they want to talk about their book. And that's great. Except most of them are really lousy speakers. (laughs) Yeah. So so where will we find this program that you're talking about? Oh, yeah, you can go to my website. It's uh, exciteyouraudience.com forward slash speaker author 
.htm. Speaker author and, one word .htm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that can be a problem. You have to know how to be a speaker in order to sell books from the back of the room, for sure. And right. I'm sure and, there's... Yeah, it's probably some very special techniques to get the audience excited enough to buy your book. Right, and there really is. There, there's, there are certain things you want to do from the front of the room to get the back of the room jumping. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that, it's a really great way to get your book into the hands of your potential customers because it, here's a scary statistic. This was done by a, a major self-publishing company. They actually did a... a research on the books that they had self-published for people, and the average self-published book sells 57 copies. No, all that work. <laughs> no. All that work, and they basically sell it to their friends and family. Uh-huh. And you know, that is a frightening. I remember when I first read that, I was just going, oh, that's horrible. See, I, can go give a speech. I can go give a speech and sell 100 books in a day. Wow. You know, just you know, at one speech. So, you know, if I, if I speak in front of 300 people, the third of the audience buys the book, 100 copies. And that's nice. like double what, you know, these other books are doing in their lifetime of the book. So that's rough. And there are techniques to do so, because the last thing you want to do is get out in front of an audience and try to sell your book. I mean, that's, they're not going to buy it. If they, just, if they get up there and they think you're just trying to sell them, then it just comes an infomercial. Everyone hates that. Mm-hmm. But there's all kinds of marketing things you can do that are subliminal, where they don't even realize that's happening. It's okay, sort of, so not to give away your program, but you, you can't right. leave us with that. Come on, get, share okay. something I'll, with I'll us, give Cliff. You perf- <laughs> I'll give you a perfect, perfect example. <laughs> Uh, the first Iron Man movie, big hit movie, yeah. very successful film. And there's a scene when Iron Man, before he's Iron Man, uh, he gets captured by terrorists and held in a cave for three months. And he finally gets back, and he tells his secretary, Pepper Potts, that the first thing he wants to do, very first thing he wants to do, is, is he wants an American hamburger. <laughs> And then later, a couple of scenes later, he's going into a press conference, and uh, his handyman or his right arm man runs up to him with a Burger King bag mm. and hands him this American hamburger. Yep. Now, who's the big winner there? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what Burger King paid for that, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of the point is that it wasn't a commercial, and yet Burger King probably paid the equivalent of four or five uh, Super Bowl ads for that spot. Wow. Because they knew how much effect that would have, because it wasn't a commercial. It's just like this little subliminal message. Mm -hmm. And there's ways you can talk from stage to do that, too. Hmm. Where you're doing the subliminal thing, and it's like you're almost not even talking about your book, but yet you're talking about your book. Hmm. And so people don't see it as a sales, you know, a sales speech. They just see it that you're giving this really, you know, knockdown, great, funny, interesting, compelling speech. And then that's the big thing is you need to be fun and compelling, and you need training to do that, just like anything else. And you can't really use a ghost speaker. 
that doesn't no. work. No, <laughs> go over to wouldn't. <laughs> no, you can use a ghostwriter. You can't really use a ghost speaker. That really doesn't work. So, you know, one of the things we do in this program is we teach people, first of all, how to be compelling so they keep getting asked to speak all over, and then how to do this so they get the book in people's hands. Mm-hmm. And a third way, which a lot of people kind of they kind of poo-poo because it's not such a good idea, give the book away. Yeah. Just give it away. I mean, if the purpose is to get you more business, then the more, you know, you can have that book in people's hands, the better. You sell a product, it comes with your free book. Yep. Yeah, you know, and and really that, it doesn't have to be that costly because I know, for instance, a a home inspector. And this guy, unlike most technicians, the people who are in there doing the work, um, really knows his marketing stuff. And what he does is he publishes these little, like, 40-page books on different aspects of home repair and, and buying a home and what to look for. And, you know, he has a whole series of these little books, and he gives those out at networking meetings and and when he goes on a prospect call and his his networking group and and it really makes a difference yeah oh yeah and and it's got his name at the bottom or his company yeah. name at the bottom one of the two yeah and then if you autograph it you're really buying a new customer <laughs> yeah, there you that go. Works. that makes that person feel so special you know i i met uh, with a marketing person the other day who who just published her second book and she you know i was all over it even though i get books in the mail every day all day long from publishers and and publicists uh this gal autographed her book and said something specifically to to me, and I'll tell you what, I read it that weekend. It was different, and, and that made it much more compelling. So, Yeah. 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 And I, I think the big thing that really sells a book is is the title and yep. the artwork. Yes, you know, absolutely. So I would, I would, if you're not good at doing your own artwork, which most people aren't, I would really recommend hiring a graphic artist yeah. to do your cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, going back to contracts, make sure you have the rights to that picture. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't want him to have any, uh, you know, clause into your book. And, you know, so make sure you got a little contract that says, you know, this is work for hire. You own the, the graphic or anything else you want to do with the graphic. And make that book look attractive. And then come up with some clever name for it. And that's, uh, that's going to sell it. You know, I, I would I don't know how many people I've talked to that have bought a book at my talk, and I will run into them, you know, six months down the line of one of my other talks, and they went, oh, I bought, you know, your other book at your last talk. Great. What would you think of it? Well, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> All righty then. Hey, Cliff, we are headed into our final break of the show. It's, it's going so fast, and uh, we'll be yes, back in just a minute or two. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. 
Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use this genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And thank you so much for being here today. I don't know about you, but I'm having a lot of fun here with Cliff Subtle. And we're talking about how to become an expert in five weeks. And we're going to talk about that process because, wow, writing and publishing a book within five weeks just sounds crazy, insane, impossible to me. So, Cliff, tell us, I mean, what what kind of process? Is there some process you followed or did you lock your way yourself away in some, like, mountain cabin or something? How did you do this? <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, it's a lot of it because I can do a lot of it myself. You know, that helps a lot. But the big thing, the worst invention in the history of inventions is the eraser or the delete key. I, I hate those. They're all, they, they should be uninvented. They get in the way, don't, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how many really great ideas have faded away? without ever being executed because somebody erased them. And it's probably millions. So what I'll do when I sit down and start writing is I just write. Dream of kind of, you got a dog in the background. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, I always tell people I don't I don't apologize for my dogs because I'm living the dream and that's working from home and they're part of it. So <laughs> there you go. So please but, continue. Uh, uh, you know, is is right, right, right. I, I write like a stream of consciousness. 
I just write anything that flows into my head. It doesn't matter. I don't think about it being good. I don't try to edit as I'm writing. And that's probably the biggest mistake most people make is they try to edit it as they're writing. And what they don't realize is, you know, it may not have sounded really good to you at the time, so you edit it out. But if you leave that section there, you can kind of go, you know those couple of paragraphs I wrote that didn't seem to have anything to do with this chapter? They could go in Chapter 5. Right. And then you just pull those chapters out, move them to Chapter 5, and suddenly, you know, Chapter 5 has two more paragraphs it didn't have before. And you just kind of keep writing. You know, the editing process is a separate process. you got to take each little process of writing your book and chunk it down and then see if you can multitask it. So, you know, as I'm writing, when I get the first, the first chapter as I like it, that goes to the editor. So ah, I'm writing, I'm okay, so you're putting it out two. there as you write it. Right. I'm working on chapter two while chapter one is being edited. Okay. And, you know, so that's all going on. And then, of course, you know, I've, I've got, I've, I've got uh, at the same time, I, I have an assistant helping me, you know, with feedback on, you know, we're running possible titles past, you know, potential readers to see if they like it. That's going on while I'm writing. And so, you know, all these steps are going on at the same time. And you could even do the same thing with, you know, like the graphics artists for the cover. Mm-hmm. Now, I was actually a, a, like an art minor in college, so I do my own covers. Oh, there <laughs> you top, go. That takes a lot of that. Else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just a, a glutton for punishment, I guess. Yes, you are. But, yeah, so everything kind of, you know, you can multitask it along the way. And the big thing is, you know, don't kill ideas. People, it's, it's the and, or, or but that destroy everyone's creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, they come up with an idea, and by the time they and, or, and but it, it it's gone. It, it still might be a great idea. Yeah. So, and, you know, and, and it, you, your first book doesn't have to be your only book. So, you, you know, you can write that book and, and learn from that book and make your mistakes on that book. Realizing that that might not be the end-all book. That might not be the one that's going to really get you noticed. It might be the next one. Yeah. But in the process of creating that one, you know, you can go. And then, of course, if you self-publish, it'd be very fast. Because, I mean, um, like, you know, I mentioned instantpublisher.com. I mean, they actually have everything. If you rush them, you can get your books in a week. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you upload... You know, the PDF, and oh, there's another part that I've been kind of forgetting is, you know, you don't want to re- publish your book from a Microsoft Word document. It's probably not going to be a very good-looking book inside because right. you need something that kerns. You need, you know, something more like a Quark Express or okay. something like that. Or, so, you know, that so then you know, to, really to create the whole picture layout. here, when you, sorry to interrupt, when you, when you are self-publishing, your job, mm-hmm. part of what's on, on your shoulders is also the book layout and making it look attractive, and then you're simply sending it off to a printer? Right, right. Ah. Now, you can actually, you can, get, you can get people to lay it out. You know, mm-hmm. really, once the book's written, um, laying it out with these advanced software packages are, is not really that tough. The the software packages usually have a fairly high learning curve. Yes. But for people who already know the software, 
you know, laying out your book is really not a lot of time. Someone who's really good at this can lay out your book in 10 hours. Mm, yeah. Done. Yeah, and so as a coach, I'm saying to people, don't take billable hours out of your schedule to lay out your own book, find an expert, and outsource it. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, like the expert might only charge you 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, to to lay out your book. I mean, it it, it might not be, you know, this big fortune. You know, Mm -hmm. they can do it in one day, and and it it looks good, and and it's up. Maybe that's not quite as far as a... Uh, you know, a big publisher would have taken it, but a lot of times it is. A lot of times it looks very, very good. And then, of course, you know, they, they supply you back with a PDF. The PDF goes out to the publisher along with, you know, like, a TIFF or a JPEG of your of your cover art. A week later, you got the books in your hands. Very nice. And now, Cliff, can you, I don't know if this is something you want to do or not, but can you give those of us who have never self-published just a, a basic idea of, of cost and, and okay. you know, what kind of budget we have to have. Well, like, like I said, once again, it's how much of it can you do yourself. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to that. But let's say you can't. Okay, let's say you're, you know, you have the great idea, but you need to kind of farm out everything. Uh, you know, a ghostwriter could be anywhere from, Depending on who you use and how long your book is, could be anywhere from like twenty five hundred to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That okay. would be a big expense. A ghostwriter right. would be a big expense. And right. editor, you can probably get someone to edit your book for about eight hundred. Okay. And and does do most editors also lend a creative flair, or are they mostly just looking for punctuation, spelling, and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, they, they might have a creative flair as far as they might be able to, you know, suggest different wording. Yes. But I don't think they're going to be, you know, it's not going to be like a, a ghostwriter and an editor are two totally different, you know, right. abilities right. and functions. Yeah, um, so, yeah, if you really need someone to help you, you know, pop the words, you really want something more like a ghost, somebody with a ghostwriter ability. But if they don't have to completely rewrite your book, the cost is going to go way down. Okay. Now... Okay. It, it's and it, and editors, you know, you can find some people on Elance that you know might edit your entire book for like four hundred dollars. So you know, it, it can be a lot cheaper than you might think. And then, of course, you know, graphics art. If you don't do anything crazy, a graphics artist can probably lay out your book for about two hundred bucks. Nice. Okay. Uh, layout. You can pr- yeah, mm-hmm. layout maybe five hundred, mm-hmm. and then publishing. Depends on how thick your book is. Uh, you know, the one I was using before, I mentioned them, the instantpublisher.com. They actually have a, a quote system online. Which okay. Which is the thing that, that got me interested in them in the first place. You know, you can tell them, you know, how, how much color is in it, how many pages it is, and how many copies you want. And they'll tell you to the penny what it's going to cost you, and, you know, nice. which is beautiful because you don't have to think about it. Now, uh, you know, a book, to, to actually print the book... You know, that can be anywhere, depending on how thick the book is and if you have color inside. I mean, it can be anywhere from $1.50 to 5 bucks uh, a wow. book. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if, if you print in large numbers, I wouldn't suggest doing that, by the way. I would suggest, I mean, especially if you're a first-time author, I would suggest, you know, getting the minimum that gets you to their first price break. 
Printing okay. 10 books is very expensive. Okay. Printing 300 books is probably only about twice the price of printing 10. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. It, it, it's bad. There's a huge, most companies, it's around 250, 300 copies. They give you this huge price break. Okay. And then the next, the next big price break is usually around 1,000. And then there's usually another big price break around five thousand. But you have to be pretty confident that you're going to be able to sell a lot of books to yeah. want five thousand yeah. of them laying around your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that. Those, that's a lot of a lot of bookage to have sitting in yeah. your garage. <laughs> right, but if you get like two fifty, you get that first price break. You can get your book down around you know two dollars and fifty cents, three dollars a copy. If the book doesn't live up to your expectations or you start getting a lot of feedback of you know other things people think they need in it and it's time for a second edition you update the book you get the writing correct you know you change you know if they didn't like the cover you change the look of the cover and it comes out as a second edition and you've only you know you still probably sold some of the 250 books uh you know hopefully you've broken even and then on the next printing you know, the book is more correct. Okay. So, you know, that's one thing I do look for. I look for second editions on books. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about self I look for second edition because I want the edition where the guy cleaned it up. <laughs> right. Oh. Well, so. Cliff, we are down to the last minute in our show already. Is there anything okay. you'd like to say to our audience before we sign off the air? Well, for people, I, I love people who are enthusiastic and want to put stuff toward this. So I'm going to make an offer to your to your audience and your audience only nice. that for for the first five people who email me and tell me they heard you on their their show, I will give them a half hour free consult. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Thank you. That's very generous. Yeah, and but I mean, it's like it's like only five, and you got to put you got to put on that you heard me you know, in the email. They can they can email me at Cliff. C-L-I-F-F at Cliff Suttle, so C-L-I-F-F at C-L-I-F-F-S-U-T-T-L-E dot com. And, you know, mention that I was on Marla's show. You saw me on the Million Dollar Mindset. And if you were one of the first five... And we can have a half-hour phone consult, and we can get you thinking about your book. Very good. Thank you, Cliff. That's a very generous offer. And everyone, I'll see you here next week with Sharon McGrill as our guest. And I look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if